0: Uh, The term that I'm going to throw out here is key performance indicators.
1: KPIs. Bingo.
2: (laughs) Apparently we're familiar with those. (laughs) She does that every time. I'm not sure why.
0: (laughs) Um...
1: (laughs) This is the Generally Accepted Accounting Podcast. That's Gap for all you accounting nerds. It's a podcast produced by Casey Peterson LTD. we a firm of CPAs and financial advisors based in Rapid City, South Dakota, and we'll be talking about tax, finance, accounting, audit, and a bunch of other topics that sound really boring, but that we're going to make hip and cool, or we'll try anyway. So stick around to learn more. On today's podcast, we're talking about some tools that businesses and organizations might find useful to help with data automation. So get ready for some fun new terms. Power BI, Giraffe, KPIs, they all make an appearance, so get out your jargon bingo cards. But don't worry, we'll give you the lowdown so you can decide what tools might be right for you and your organization. So listen in to learn more. Okay, so well, welcome to today's podcast. Today, we're talking about some tools that businesses and organizations might find useful when it comes to data automation. So to do that, we have some of our internal folks. We've got Mark Erickson, Neil Frizel, and Devin, can you say last name? say? Fox-stitter. Fox-stitter. And Devin Foxstitter. Mark, we're going to start with you. So when we talk about these tools internally, we like to throw around terms like Power BI and Girav, and that all sounds made up, or at least really jargony. So can you talk a little bit about what these tools are and what do we use them for and what our clients can or could use them for?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, I guess to get started, I am gonna just throw one more jargony term at you. Yes. Uh, So Power BI and Girav are data visualization tools.
1: That's that's not a real thing.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so to explain, Data visualization tools are just meant to help you look at your data in a meaningful way. So usually when we're thinking data visualization tools, we're thinking about interactive dashboards. We're thinking about graphs and charts. We're talking tabular reports with just numbers and dollars and stuff on it. Everything that most people that work in an office is pretty familiar with. We're all familiar with your general reports. Now. How we use the tools and how our clients use them are still actually pretty similar. But I think on the client side, there's usually two main hooks. There's customization and there's convenience. Now, with DRAV and Power BI, you can set up a dashboard which will work on your work computer, your phone, whatever. And it gives you the information that you want. It'll present it the way you want to look at it. And then you can share it with whomever you think needs it.
1: OK, now, So you could look at you could look at widgets, you could look at dollar amounts for widgets sold, you could look at services and you could see it in a way visually. Right, not exactly. Just-
3: so if I wanted to pull out my phone over breakfast in the morning and just kind of see how my business was performing the day before and maybe I want to just look at like how it performed for a few hours last night and we can even get more granular than that. If I want to look and see if this certain product are good, how well it's sold the night before, that's what these tools are available to kind of display that information to you.
2: In kind of a way that you can look at it and actually get it at a glance outside of here's a spreadsheet with a bunch of numbers and right, exactly. So instead of like having to go down to
3: the office, log into your enterprise software and pull up this report that you've looked at a million times. You know, you're going there on whatever, New Year's Day to go check the sales. You're in your pajamas. You've got in your car and you're driving down there. You're miserable that you're leaving the house, but you just want to see how sales went from the weekend. But now you can just sit at home with your family, pull your phone out and be like, hey, let's just see how things were going while you're having a cup of coffee.
1: So you get like you can get historical data so you could see how my business performed over the weekend for sales, the holiday weekend or Historically, year-to-date or year-over-year in a way that you don't have to be looking at a Excel spreadsheet, to Evan's point, that says, like, in 2023, and this at this point, it was this, and in 2022, it was this. You can actually see it. Absolutely.
3: Digitally. So, okay. like, the flexibility and interaction with that information, those are some of the strong selling points that come with, like, working with Power BI and DRAV. If we're looking at, like, what are the alternatives, and this is kind of what our, our cl- a lot of our clients are still using and we're, they're starting to move away from people in general, the more modern accounting and enterprise softwares, they're, they're starting to catch on and they're adding tools that are kind of similar to this. So, I mean, a lot of clients use QuickBooks, right? So, even with QuickBooks, you can actually visualize that financial data that's in there and you can look at simple charts and graphs. I mean, there's even forecasting in there. So if you want to have an idea how you're doing, what, what it looks like you're going to be doing over the next quarter, the next year, that that's possible even within QuickBooks. A lot of enterprise softwares, you can even create custom reports. Um, they're usually called like a report writer. You see that feature that's in those a lot. So there's a specific report with specific information or collection of information that you want to look at. A lot of times these enterprise softwares have the ability to do that. But the problem is is these features, they they usually have limitations. My biggest issues with that is its lack of integration. For example, if my accounting and enterprise softwares, let's say they were separate, we've got QuickBooks and Sage.
1: Sage, yeah.
3: that's our accounting. If I've got my accounting and my operational data, they're in two different databases, they're in two different softwares. How do I work with combining both of those to see how I'm doing? So we were just talking about coffee. If I if I had a coffee shop and I wanted to get the profit I was making off a particular brand, or maybe a type of my coffee roast that I sell, or I want a coffee roast from a particular brand, and we're trying to make this complicated kind of going off of your guys's example earlier if i wanted to look at my last month's sales of that product and i wanted to compare it to the national industry average not just what i did the year before but let's throw that in there too let's have a prior year comparison i'm a really needy coffee shop owner in this example so i'm so on maintenance maybe you
1: should lay off the coffee but you're drinking too much of your product this
3: is his dream right. job oh. In most cases, you're not gonna be able to do that without a lot of manual intensive work. You're gonna be exporting spreadsheets from both softwares, you're writing formulas, you're looking up numbers like the industry numbers probably on the web to figure that out. But now with these tools, Power BI and Giraffe, we can add those metrics for you and they can be available in real time on demand. You're not pulling them out every month, you're not looking them up, you're not building anything. All of that is going to be sitting in those dashboards for you to look at.
1: So you could I've, take whatever metrics you want to measure if that's how your competitors are doing, how the industry's doing compared to what you are doing. That's what these tools also give right. you the ability to do.
3: So my point that I'm getting at is things like with these accounting and enterprise softwares, they're great at, I wouldn't even so say that they're great at it, but they can do data visualization with the information they have within their software, right? And maybe there's some limited integration in there, too. But if we pivot to using stuff like Power BI and DRAV, there is no limit to that. We can take information from all types of sources and combine them together to have a little bit more of a meaningful picture on how your business is doing or areas of your business.
2: I was saying, because if I'm an Excel pro, I know that there are ways to, you know, take your data, turn it into charts, make it, you know, a little more visually appealing and useful in that regard. but Obviously, that's only going to be able to reference the data that is within that particular Excel spreadsheet or your Microsoft universe. It's not going to be able to, like you said, pull in kind of national numbers and integrate different sources like that. Right. So,
3: I mean, and to give Excel credit, it's come a long way with aggregating data in to let you be able to look at it within a panel of Excel, right? I don't really want to go into it on this podcast. We could talk about Power Query for for days and other ways to aggregate data in there. But Excel's limitation is most definitely going to be with how that's visualized. If you're going to be looking at DRAV or especially Power BI, which is another Microsoft product, we didn't really uh, clarify that. There is a host of different ways of looking at the information visually, and there's a lot of ways to be able to interact with it, being able to drill down. They've got a million different types of visual representations, so you can kind of pick what's meaningful for you or what you like to look at. Those items, those features, you're probably not going to be finding in Excel. Yeah, sure. Other issues with those softwares are like we kind of already hit on it, lack of automation, um, that interactivity, that having the reports being able to be dynamic. You're not going to find those in those enterprise accounting softwares usually. And sometimes you can't even access them from the mobile devices, which we kind of used in our example. In a nutshell, with all this, these data visualization tools, they tend to overcome these limitations. And they're just a great way to keep a finger on the pulse for how your business is performing.
2: So when you just really quick when you describe something as being like dynamic what what's an example of what I'd like a dynamic visualization would look like outside of just you know cuz i'm in my mind i'm picturing pie charts bar graphs but when you talk about something being dynamic you're saying you can actually click into all those various sections or other visualizations and have it do something
3: yeah right so i'll i'll try to get a picture so you you were talking about um like a pie chart for example right Let's say we were looking at a pie chart of let's go back to our coffee shop example of like, here is our coffee sales And it's just one big pie chart. Maybe we're looking at it by brand, for example. So each little sliver of the pie is our brands with power BI. We could actually drill down into one of those little slivers of pie. And then it's like, okay, well, here's another pie chart that shows the product line within that brand. And then we could drill down even further into that and find more information like this is how with this particular brand for sales, how it did over the course of the year. So it's another way of looking at it. Like if we're talking about dynamics is being able to say, look at the time frame. Right. So we talk one of the biggest issues I feel like with using these accounting softwares is like, okay, I want to look at I want to look at sales for how we did for the last year. Okay, well, here's a report for that. Awesome, thanks. Now I wanna look at it from nine months. Okay, well now I'm gonna to have to come back over here and generate another report. Okay, well, I wanna look at it from nine months and two days and we start running into this problem. So the great thing with like DRAV and Power BI is there's these time slicers that just let you be able to move it around and look at a very specific instance in time. And you can do all that straight from the app, sitting at home, there's no generating new reports. You're just, be able, you're able to change those on the fly and
2: look at how the business is performing from that specific instance in time cool so like just a, an example you could maybe want to look at your numbers but maybe want to exclude a certain time frame during the pandemic where you know you were closed or you know that your numbers are going to be way off and you can kind of just slice that straight out of your data absolutely so
3: obviously a lot of people were legitimately affected by the pandemic. And I mean, a common time frame for that is we're talking about like April up through summer. And for some people, depending on where you live at, that might've been for all of 2020 and into 2021. If you wanted to come in and say, okay, we just need to look at how the business is performing. Let's set aside what happened with the pandemic for a second and just look at how the business has been performing for the last two years. If we were to take COVID out of the equation, we can do that from the reports. And again, that's there's no extra work to that.
1: So what you gain is really a, a functionality and just the ability to see this information on demand without having to run a bunch of reports or set a bunch of criteria. You can just do it as you want to see it.
3: Right, exactly. So right. I'm, look, I'm looking at that question, right? We We were talking about that. We've kind of covered exactly how our clients can definitely benefit from it and what they get out of it. What I think about what we do with these tools here at the firm, like... Going back to, okay, great, so the clients, they've got a finger on the pulse for how their business is performing, but what happens if the pulse isn't where the client wants it to be, right? Or maybe the client doesn't realize their problem wasn't their pulse, they should have been checking their temperature. I don't know. I'm Fun I'm analogies. terrible with medical analogies, so I'm sorry. But anyway, my point is, we and by we I mean Casey Peterson, we're we're here to combine those tools with the knowledge and training that we have within the firm for that regarding business, finance, accounting, to take it all to the next level. So. For us and specifically for like what I do on a day-to-day basis, Power BI and Giraffe are tools that let us take data and we apply data analytics. And with data analytics, we can go to our clients and provide answers or explanations that are pertaining to their business or anything that they pose to us. And off of that, with all the knowledge that we have within the firm, we can then give top shelf advice for them to make their decisions and put their businesses in the best position to succeed.
1: Makes sense. So it's not just necessarily looking at data as much as it is turning dials to see where you could be if you change certain behaviors or charge different amounts of money or supply chain right. issues resolve themselves, things that can happen. It, you can do a little bit more of a hypothetical, if this, then what?
3: Right. So we don't want to turn this into the data analytics podcast, but like specifically I've these that tools before. that we're looking at. Yeah, exactly. About. Right. Like <laughs> that would be redundant. These tools are focused on data visualization and that is what they are. They are tools They and what we can use for them is related to data analytics in the sense of this is our viewing glass into this information that the businesses are generating. Right. We live in a digital age. Data is generated by businesses every second that they're in operation. Now, what can we do to harness this data and then look at it and just be able to make decisions and learn a little bit more about how a business is performing and then
2: acting upon that? That's where these tools come in, come into play to help that. I suppose from the firm's perspective too the whole data visualization aspect probably makes it a lot easier to have some of those conversations too right because you can kind of sit down and actually see what that data looks like versus just kind of trusting your cpa hey I looked at your spreadsheet this is what i found
3: right so and this kind of ties into what casey peterson is what we're doing with like drav and power bi and we're just trying to reach out to our clients and Even if it's looking at a simple report and just kind of showing exactly what Power BI and Draft can do just to kind of break the ice. From there, I think it's if a client sits down, I don't know how anyone can't look at it and be impressed with like, oh, that's a great way to look at information. It's efficient. It's meaningful. What else can we do with it? What else can we be looking at with my business to learn more?
1: A good segue to a question for Neil. So we talked a lot about accounting and our firm as an accounting firm and financials and numbers and things like that. But for those people who maybe tend not to be financial people, what kind of value can they find in this in trends and forecasting and historical data?
4: Well, like say my background is in healthcare and in healthcare, you work with a very diverse group of people. You have physicians, you have department heads, you have clinical people, you have boards. Your boards can be made up of many different backgrounds. And, you know, the typical thing that I would see there is I've used dashboards on and off for 20 years is trying to find an effective way to communicate what is happening in your facility as to activity levels, revenue stream, um, expense variances. How am I doing this year versus last year versus my budget? And you can run all types of financial reports and you have 50,000 numbers on a page to look at it and make sense. I would even challenge accountants. If I show you 15 financial statements, try to draw from it within a few minutes of what's happening in this business. And that's where dashboards are very effective doing that. You know, because there's key things you want to look at. What is my activity levels doing? In a hospital, as an example, I'm going to have 20, 25 different departments that make up my overall operation. I could have physician clinics. I could have a nursing home, all very different entities. And how do I communicate that in an effective manner? But also for myself, as like a former CFO, just having a graph that shows me here's my day's cash in hand over the past year. I can look at it or here's my days and accounts receivable. I can look at that and in 30 seconds say, I either have a problem or I don't have a problem, it's it's working well. And to do that with purely just numbers, you're going to spend hours if not days trying to compile it. And this way it makes it relatively easy. And it is interesting, some of the larger computer systems like CPSI, Meditech, Epic computer system, which are very prevalent in healthcare, have no real graphing ability you and actually very limited ad hoc reporting so you have to find a mechanism to say how can i get the data out of my system and make it into meaningful reports and it's critical even from a very small business to a large health system you've got to know what's happening you know i think this recent pandemic that we've had is a key indicator because many healthcare providers you can't. If your costs go up by 10%, you can't necessarily raise your race by 10% to try to recover that. That's not possible. You have contracts, other limitations. Um, and also, in the pandemic, a lot of healthcare facilities had sharp drops, but it wasn't across the board. So what's happening in my departments? So when you have these dashboards, they can help you look at something and say, hey, my clinic has dropped by 50% in activity. So what can I do to change my operation for? but I've seen where ERs are now more busy, you know? So it, it gives you quick information, make management decisions. And then, um, especially if you're explaining to like a, a board of trustees or who is managing the facility, I've had very brilliant people on my boards, but numbers aren't their thing. You know, I've had doctors I, and um, other people like that are professionals, but showing them a simple graph to say, here's what's happened in our revenue stream over the past year takes 30 seconds to enlighten them that, hey, you know, our revenue is tanking, so we have to look at expenses or it's going up nice. And it's
2: just a, a quick, efficient way to communicate the data to really any other party. Makes it a little more user friendly for those of us who might not necessarily have a background in numbers for all of our mm-hmm. lives.
1: Yeah. Well, and I would think yeah. any board, whether that's a hospital board or a nonprofit board, you're going to find a mix of people on there. Uh, Like you said, Neil, many of them don't have financial or or number backgrounds. So Mm -hmm. to see numbers presented visually, yeah, Mm -hmm. even if you are a number person, um, things that are are more concrete, that are something that you can actually grasp as opposed to just kind of a hypothetical, here's a number out there floating. Uh, Yeah, that's going to help anyone make make decisions.
2: And to Mark's point, I think just having like that kind of centralized location for all that data to be pulling into, Versus all the systems that Neil mentioned, like, yeah, you can pull reports out of it, but is that really going to do you any good? Right. right.
1: Especially if you can't, if you, if you have to look at a emergency room versus a clinic versus whatever else, you yeah. patient treatments, things like that. Try to compare make like, everything apples to apples.
4: Yeah. You know, kind of a, kind of an interesting story is being a hospital CFO for over 25 years, my audit firm would come in and present financials. And they were purely showing numbers and reading off the numbers. And literally every year afterwards, I always had my backup report because the audit partner would get done, they would leave, and they'd look at me and go, so Neil, are we going to be around tomorrow or are we (laughs) tanking? You know, and, and that just proves balance sheets and income statements. If you don't know what you're looking at are very hard to dissect or, you know, How you're pointing out the information, I I would clarify it and many times use graphs, you know, to say, you know, this is what we're doing. We're trending up, we're trending down. If it was based on salaries, you know, overtime is budgeted it for 3%, and it's running 7 so we're having higher salary cost or items like that. It's much easier to present to them in a visual, whatever Mark called it, a visual thing. Data visualization. That would be that, data, data visualization, visualization tools. Yes, yes. Oh, nailed it. That's what I'm going to call my graphs now, data visualization data tools. Data
2: visualization tools.
1: Yes. Sounds very fancy. Right. Uh,
2: a Word count in an essay. Uh, DVTs for <laughs> short.
1: There's an abbreviation. I oh, lost awesome. my word count. Uh, yeah, but you know, you, you, put your, you put your words and then you put it in parentheses yeah. afterwards. That's true. it was curious. <laughs> okay, Deb, so we're going to switch to you. We're going to talk hypotheticals. We've talked a little bit about them, coffee shops and medical facilities and things like that. Um, obviously, these tools aren't free, so there's always an investment. either in time or money or whatever. So what are some situations where a business or an organization might find themselves in where it is worth it to make the investment, to access these kinds of resources, um, to take the time to learn this, to spend the money, or to engage a firm like ours, to show them where they're at?
0: Well, since we're getting hypothetical, that reminds me of a quote, I believe it was from Albert Einstein that said, uh, in theory, theory and practice are identical, but in practice, theory and practice are never the same. (laughs) So I'd like to start off by saying, hypothetically, every single business can benefit from a dashboard of some sort. But as you put it, the investment, the time, the resources in there might not be beneficial if you're a DoorDash driver. Yeah, you sure. can go ahead and put in all the analytics in there and figure out which restaurants and time and, you know, downtown deliveries versus maybe out of town, which one's tipped best and figure out where to go. But you'll probably be spending more time and effort in building that than it really generates you.
2: Yeah, I hope somebody's doing that, though. I would love <laughs> if to. There's do a that. Door, if you're a DoorDash <laughs> <duster> out there <laughs> and you're
1: using data, data visualization, we want to talk
2: to you. Yeah, please, please come <laughs> on. <our> <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Okay, Uh, Okay.
1: so So DoorDash, you're probably not. (laughs)
2: Yeah, so if
0: you're just too small, or maybe that the data's just don't have a whole lot of data that you can kind of already easily see or know, such as maybe rental properties, you don't really need to break that down that much. But outside of that, really, every business that is trying to grow, trying to create revenues can benefit from a dashboard.
1: Sure. And I would think even now, especially with all of the things that are constantly changing, inflation and regulations and just a barrage of things that it seems like every day there's something new that might affect a business. If you can have a picture of where you are, where you've been, where you want to go and how these things will affect that, that would help you at least find a way to mitigate some of that.
0: Exactly. And I think Mark and Neil have kind of discussed on how it is used to kind of mitigate that and see in, into that and, and pull out the data into that. Um, the next hurdle that a, a individual might have or business that might have is really the time and resources. Uh, here, a lot of our clients are very small mom and pop, and they don't have a full-time bookkeeper, full-time accountant that is doing it. So they kind of look at that as we barely have enough time to get the numbers into it. I mean, we're coming up on uh, January 3rd, and I bet you most of our clients are now entering all of 2022's data. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not going to get your late live data if you're only entering stuff and getting it cleaned up once a year. Right. So that'd be Another area that it might not be beneficial to you. Right. So the ones that are gonna be very beneficial to you are the ones that have the time and have live data, constant data to be able to update these with to make predictions to see where they're going and to see where they came from. Otherwise it's all historical data that you look at once a year won't give you the live immediate feedback that you might be looking for.
1: So I said like DoorDash and rental properties maybe not. Is there examples of uh, maybe kind of a broad brush but like a type of business that would benefit
0: from uh coffee shops and medical
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> facilities um really any any one of them can benefit from it so you could be a retail sailor whether it, it's of you know sporting goods coffee what have you you know you could be a little bit larger into the medical facilities where you have 12 13 14 different lines of services you I mean, could be you know a public accounting company that has their are departments that are trying to track which department is which, um, and that's the beauty of these dashboards is you can essentially make it for your business. You can make it unique for you. And so a medical facility, uh, a term that I'm going to throw out here is key performance
2: indicators.
1: KPIs.
2: Bingo. <laughs> Apparently, we're familiar with this. She does that every time. I'm not sure why. Um,
0: but like KPIs for a medical facility might be different than for a coffee shop, a manufacturer, or you know a service industry. And, you know, some KPIs for medical might be like inpatient days, outpatient days, beds used, and they might be needing to track what their turnover will be average to know what kind of room they have to take on or if they need to build another wing or grow or expand. because You don't
1: want to be caught behind the curve of realizing, oh, wow, we've just got really big. We need more space. But in order to do that, we're two years out.
0: Exactly. But, yeah. So it really helps you look beyond the numbers. Like, yes, we could look at the financials, but, your financial data is not going to tell you, hey, we're kind of maxing out on beds here. This is the revenue it could potentially generate if we add a wean. You know, one of the the things that could be used, such as manufacturing, would be machine hours spent on a machine for repair and maintenance. Looking historically or looking at all your machine hours spent in, you can maybe identify quicker that it might need to be replaced. You know, we got to stop putting in these machine hours or, hey, these machine hours actually are better than buying
1: yeah. so we hold on to it. That return, the return on investment as opposed to purchasing new, purchasing exactly. kind of exactly. things. What's that break-even point where this would make more sense to do that?
2: Kind mm, of see it coming.
1: Yeah. So I'm gonna this is the one I'm gonna throw out. Staffing issues. So I think a lot of people are running into this businesses, organizations, is that there's just not staff to do the work that they need to do. Is there a way that data visualization can help with that or to help mitigate it or at least look at, to see where those areas are where people are businesses are most affected and then to try to figure out ways to help with that
2: short
0: answer is yes <laughs> <laughs> long answer might require another podcast but i guess broadly touching on that um, it, it could significantly reduce your time in building reports so if, you know that's an immediate that you can see on your financial staff if you got a staff of accountants or obviously if you use a public accounting firm now that's time reduced and less money you have to pay them to build that report but it can also help you kind of visually see you know let's say a construction company that maybe has three four lines roofs decks sidings and they could kind of go hey look we're not really spending or receiving as much money in siding as we are in the roofs let's pull some of these labor resources or these other resources and reallocate them so yes it can help in as far as identifying you know what areas of service are more profitable and if you are in a period that we are in of low labor low materials it could help identify your money makers and, and kind of help you support those uh, branches.
1: And maybe even if, let's say, you're like a restaurant or a coffee shop, because who doesn't love a good Mark's coffee shop? Mark's coffee shop. Um, and you figure out which days you're having trouble keeping staffed as opposed to days where you're bringing in the most money and finding like, hey, we should probably be closed on Mondays and Tuesdays because we can't find the staff and we don't really make the money anyway. So yeah. if we're going to have losses, these are the days to do that as opposed to being closed during what might be your peak time. And trying to funnel staff yeah. that way with a staff shortage or something.
2: Exactly, that's my Gordon Ash
1: example. <laughs>
2: why, is our, why is our coffee shop so much more profitable on days when Mark is not working? <laughs> we
1: need to look at that. someone pull a pie chart quick. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Mark drinks too much of the profit.
3: Oh. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Scares the customers away with all of his energy. He's
1: so jittery.
3: While we're talking about DVTs, another popular one is Tableau. So if people are wondering what are the other options out there, I haven't spent a ton of time working with Tableau, but that is another option that kind of falls into the Power BI and particularly with DRAV too. Um, I guess another thing maybe to kind of clarify is girav is very financial and accounting centric, whereas Power BI, we we feel like Power BI has a little bit more uh, customization and just overall power, whereas girav kind of brings in a little bit more convenience. And it's extremely specialized with working from the accounting side of things, And DRAV, I also feel like is a little more simplistic, like where you can hand it to just about anybody and they can start putting dashboards together without a whole lot of training or experience.
1: What is is Tableau? More of a gen? uh,
3: Tableau, I would say, is probably more related to kind of like where Power BI is at. And
2: similar situation, Power BI and Tableau, I would say, are pretty pretty comparable. Is there any kind of advice that you'd give um, like a small business owner that's, you know, maybe they're interested in... what these products can offer. They're just not really sure where to start. Are there any kind of resources you point them to? Give us a call.
3: <laughs> right.
2: I, I think
3: more what I would probably
2: see is I know we
3: sat here and we, we totally destroyed the door dash driver and he has no business looking at dashboards apparently, but like listening, listening to that, the first thing that popped in my head was like, what if he's trying to save on gas? I mean, maybe there's something to look at or like considering what routes is he taking to get to some place? How is that information getting tracked? I mean, there's opportunities, I think. Right. And yeah, to Devin's point, I don't know if a door dash driver is necessarily going to be using dashboards for any of that. But I think every single business, if they took Just a couple minutes while they're listening to this podcast to maybe just think about how their business is doing. And if there's areas that they just feel like they don't really fully know how well it's performing or they have information to back that, maybe this is something to look into. If you feel like your business should be doing better than it is, maybe this is something to look into.
1: If you are a DoorDash driver and you're not sure if the maintenance and gas on your car is actually (laughs) worth the money you're making, maybe run a little report and see. (laughs)
2: Do do, do, do some forecasting. I'm going to have to make these repairs if I do this number of jobs in the next two months. Is it really worth getting a new car or?
1: Yes. Should I do a new car? Should I just find a new career or what should I do?
2: Yeah.
3: Dashboards are definitely not something that every business needs to look into to like investing the time and money to gather the information that drives them. Right. But every I think every single business could benefit from having a dashboard if it was sitting in their lap so it's just figuring out if it's worth the time or not
1: and maybe the complexity of it too is a dashboard everybody can use it maybe you don't have to get super granular with it maybe you can just look at height but just think about what it is that your business is doing because even if you are a small mom and pop shop with only historical data you still want to grow you still want to outpace inflation you still want to if you have employees keep them you still want right to and do. i
3: think that's kind of where Draft is definitely maybe a better option as far as power bi i think in the office we all tend to like power bi a little bit more but drav definitely has its strengths and part of that is that ease of use and if what you're wanting to look at is just i want to watch how my revenues and expenses are going throughout the year all i need is a simple line graph and a prayer and i want to look at how it was in the prior year drav is your guy it'll it'll accomplish that
4: i just think from a From a dashboard standpoint, they've become much more flexible, how we can incorporate financial and statistical information and even other areas. You know, it just provides a quick, easy information to a business that, you know, what's my cash level doing? What's my receivables doing that are critical to your operation, but you don't always have time to analyze the report or something because I've taken AR data and just break it out by aging categories because they're going to say, oh, I have a million dollars in AR but three months ago, 70% of that was less than 90 days old. Now the same million, only 30% is less than 90 days old. So I'm, you know, with that I'm having collection issues, you know, my cash is dropping, my bad debts are raising. You know, so that's where doing some simplistic dashboards in a moment's notice, you, you'd have a good pulse of what's happening in your business.
1: So that was Mark, Neil, and Devin, who all work with different types of clients offering financial services to meet their business and organizational needs. If you'd like to see how our CPAs and financial pros can help you and your organization, visit caseypeterson.com slash services. And now the legal stuff! This podcast and associated communications are intended to provide general information about tax, finance, investment, and other financial matters. Although Casey Peterson LTD has made every reasonable effort to ensure that the information provided is accurate, we make no warranties expressed or implied. Be aware that this is not a comprehensive analysis of the subject matter covered, and is not intended to provide specific recommendations to you or your business. Investment advisory services are offered through Avantex Planning Partners. Commission based securities products are offered through Advantex Investment Services. Member F. I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. and services are offered through licensed agents of Avantex Planning Partners, 3200 Olympus Boulevard, Suite 100, Dallas, Texas, 75019. The Avantex entities are independent of and unrelated to CPS Financial Services, LLP. Although Avantex does not provide or supervise tax or accounting services, our financial professionals may offer these services through their independent outside business. Not all financial professionals are licensed to offer all products or services. Financial planning and investment advisory services require separate licenses. Hey Evan.
2: Hey Hillary.
1: What happens when you read a book about anti gravity?
2: Ooh, I don't know. What happens?
1: You can't put it down!
2: Ah! Uh, because it would. Because of the no gravity. No gravity uh, float. Oh. Oh. Oh.